Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is not our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. He's very much at home while also being away. He's gone somewhere, hasn't he? Uh, with me though is the LFC editor, Andy Kelly. Hi Andrew. Hi Ian. And Christian Walsh, the Echo reporter. Hello Ian. Hello, how, how are, are you? you? I'm not bad, are we going to reveal where James is? Do you know I, where he is? I, I, must admit, I do know where he is, but I feel as though I shouldn't say I think follow James's, uh, well, you all do anyway, but uh, see James's Twitter, it might give a clue as to where he is, I think. It's not yeah. Manchester. No, it is not. <laughs> However, Manchester will be, Andy, the place that Liverpool will be heading in April, after the Champions League draw was made, and it's the draw that absolutely nobody wanted. Liverpool against Manchester City, first leg at Anfield, second leg at the Etihad, and the small matter of a Merseyside derby in between it. Yeah, um, though there is a chance the derby will be moved. Is there I think a, it's almost nailed on now, Andy. Yeah, absolutely. It's, well, it's still going to happen in between it, though, isn't it? Oh, it will, ha- sorry, it will yeah. happen, it's but it'll happen. probably be it's the still same. It's still yeah. going to be in between it. Yeah, I was really massively disappointed with the draw, to be honest. And uh, It's the quarterfinals of the European Cup. You want a European team, and to have to trot along the 62 to the Etihad. I mean, there'll be several other halves of whichever... Persuasion, probably thinking, well, we've saved a few quid because mm. uh, that's the only thing high you can take out of, isn't it? You know, a lot of fans will save themselves a lot of cash and hotels and travel and all those things. But in terms of the game, that was the tie you, you wanted least, just because it's got it's got the least European feel to it. And Liverpool, you always think wherever they are as a team will rise to the occasion in Europe, and this doesn't necessarily feel like a European tie. We've obviously had two big games against City already this season. It's gonna, you know, we're going to have played them four times. The team that's going to win the Premier League in an absolute hack canter. So um, they're obviously joint favourites for the competition. It wasn't a draw we wanted, albeit we know we can beat them. Yeah, Liverpool, Christian, are the only team to have beaten Manchester City in the in the Premier League this season. Obviously, at the Etihad, it was Sadio Mane's boot that rose to the occasion into to Edison's face, and that kind of put an end to that particular game. I mean. If, if Liverpool, what are you thinking? Are you thinking, oh great, we won this game 4-3? Or are you thinking, oh no, we lost that one 5-0? Well, I mean, on aggregate it would have been a 9-3. Sorry, an 8-3, an 8-4 eight, an eight defeat. Eight four, yeah, 8-4, yeah. there you go. First time lucky, maths. I've said the English is cool. Um, it depends how you look at it. I think the vibe after the loss to Manchester City was that they were kind of unfortunate because of the Sadio Mane red card. I think Klopp himself said... Liverpool had a couple of chances at one nil and even at nil nil to, to to make a difference, but it was a long time ago. It was, well, that was a long it? time yeah. ago. Both teams are, are in different stages of their progression now. Um, you know, it's a long hard season is is, is already being played. I think ultimately, as great as the four four three was and as as, as disheartening as the five nil was, you've got to look at the the facts. And, and that is that Manchester City were favourites. Now, whether that was rightly or not, they were favourites for the Champions League. They remain favourites for the Champions League. And I think it's probably the hardest draw that Liverpool could have got alongside maybe Barcelona. Both of them are winning their um, domestic leagues at a canter. You know, City have maybe slowed down, taken the foot off the off the gas a little bit in recent weeks, but that's because they can afford to. And if you think about Liverpool 4-1 up against Manchester City, they eventually got to 4-3. A different scenario, obviously, in a Champions League game. If Liverpool are 4-1 up, I think you'll see a little bit more shut-up shop from Liverpool in that situation. However, it did feel at the end of that game, and it did in the the first game, uh, Liverpool played Man City in in Anfield when Klopp beat Guardiola in the 1-0 on New Year's Eve last season. 
it really felt like a Herculean effort both times to, to beat them. It really did. It felt like after the 90 minutes, it was a one big deep exhalation of, wow, okay. Now, to do that over two games is going to be one hell of an ask for Liverpool, I fear. Two games in a week, of course, as well, with the way the Merseyside derby in between. And yeah. don't, let's, let's say City have got United in between that as yeah. well, which could be a game where they could win the league. So that could also have an impact on the way things are going. This, ah. is, where, this is where people might say, oh, the, Prem, the, the Premier League could be a distraction to the Champions League. But actually, those games in the middle could end up having a massive effect on what happens in the second leg. It, it could, but for me, it depends what happens in the first. For me, leg. Liverpool have to put all their efforts into the the derby is significant in terms of it being the derby, but also in terms of the battle for the top four. But the top four is only interesting to get you into a European Cup quarter final. You're in a European Cup quarter final. All your efforts go on that. So everything has to be those two games against City, and then see where you're at. And um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if either manager. Um, decides to change things at all in terms of how they approach those two games you know do you you know would Klopp for instance try and be more solid at the Etihad rather than his normal approach which is sort of going head to head with people Guardiola we tend to think is pretty dogmatic on these things and will play his way and believes he his hit record would suggest that playing his way you know will always eventually be the right thing to do so um That'll be interesting. I mean, I, I really look back on that second half at the Etihad in September, was it, the, the game, as an embarrassment to Liverpool, actually. Mm. And I think this is where that second half could come back to haunt you. Because I think in that second half, we said to City, we know you're too good, and now we've got 10 men, and we've got absolutely no chance. Because so there's plenty of occasions... Well, you're not you... only too good then at that particular moment in time. Yeah, Liverpool are better. They've got Van Dijk in the defence now for a start. Um and they've got Robertson playing regularly, who's, who's you know, proven himself better than Moreno, I think. Um, but that second half was just... You you can be 1-0 down and have 10 men and still do a reasonable job. Now, I know that it's Man City and they're the worst side in the league to be down to 10 against, but I thought Liverpool's effort that day, I think I remember we spoke on the pod about the lack of tackles from anyone in the second mm-hmm. half, was... Was, was pretty pathetic, to be honest. And it felt to me like them saying, we know you're too good. Now, obviously, the question is whether the bloody nose Liverpool then exacted upon City uh, in January at Anfield. Um, for all, it finished 4-3. That, you know, that was a game that was, was sort of beyond... Yeah, it was a sort of 4-1 yeah. game with two minutes of madness at the end. Um, did Was there enough psychologically there for Liverpool to say, actually, yeah, you beat us, but... We beat, we beat you almost as badly um, for all they ended up just one goal in between them. I do look back on that second half of the Etihad and think, I don't like what that said mentally. Well, didn't it say, it said that the team needs to change and then it did? Hopefully. But, I mean, I hope you're right. And, I, and you could be right, in absolutely. And specifically, obviously, you know, didn't... Um, um, Ragnar played that day, didn't he? Yeah, well, Clarence played. Chamberlain made his debut for yeah. 45 minutes as a right wing back, which and is Salah exactly got substituted at half time, having yeah. missed a couple of chances in the first. Yeah, half. I think Klopp got that wrong as well, yeah, didn't and he? Emery Chan ended up playing centre back in a back three. I think nobody had a game that they played. <laughs> I mean, Salah caused Otamendi all sorts of problems for. Well, I remember that because was, I was at that game, and afterwards, um, Klopp was asked about Otamendi, and he says, "No, it's not Otamendi. It's the fact that we were able to." put Salah up against him one-on-one by yeah. the way we're playing in midfield 
Yeah. So it's, there's a bit more thought to it than just uh, going and saying he's not very good, let's play off him. Because you have to say to Altamendi, he's had a quite a good season. I, I he's mean, a lot better than, than a lot of people thought. Absolutely, they've got, uh, actually, I should have checked this, but uh, their new centre-back, Laporte. Laporte, is he cup-tied or no, is he available? I don't think he is. He's I don't think he played in the last round. So, yeah. um, so it's, you know, we might not even see Altamendi, mind you. I think we maybe put too much stock into what's going on before, though, because let's say 2005, for example, with the Chelsea game, does anybody really remember the 1-0 back in October or November or whenever it was at Stamford Bridge? I think it was a joke. Well, you would do it, but for those who can't I see us. Wouldn't. No, exactly. Um, there was a slight maybe reminder, of course, of, of um, the, uh, the the Capital One, well, Carlin Cup final, as it was back then, obviously with the Gerrard on goal and, and you know, the, the cost Liverpool a, a chance of a trophy in Benitez's first season. He, he wouldn't be denied, of course, but, you know... It, it, it's too much. Too much water got under the bridge. Is what I'm trying to say here. In terms of, of course, Klopp will always draw upon it, and so will Guardiola about those two games. But he's got such a back catalogue of games against Guardiola, and such a back catalogue of games against City to draw upon. I think it's it's less so what's happened in the, in the two games this season. I think it's just a general. I think he'll look at it with fresh eyes as well. I think he'll he'll, he'll look at the threat as it is now. I think he'll recognise that City are you know. They're maybe not the force that they were at the start of the season, but maybe that's because they're taking the foot off the gas. It'll be interesting to see. I think that's a good draw for City because it refocuses them as well. Mm, I mean, Bagheera Stain was saying after the draw, he said it wasn't a very good draw. He said it's very difficult, but you know, these are two teams that know each other. I think we um, said whoever got Liverpool yeah. was going to go, well, the probably thing, If you look at the other games and Juventus play Real Madrid and you think, oh, that's a tough one. You know, one of the good teams going there, but the other two, you know, sorry for Roma and Sevilla, but... Barcelona against Roma, you've got to fancy Barcelona, mm. and Sevilla against Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich have been doing very well in, you in Europe. A lot season. of people are mentally putting Barca and Bayern into yeah. the semis, aren't they? I so. wouldn't real Sevilla out in another mad result, you know. I really wouldn't out of that one, for what it's worth. I wouldn't. Really? I That's wouldn't real Sevilla out to get well, a mad result. Speak, speaking, of, speaking of bad ones and coincidences, I'm not sure what it says about the strength of the Premier League or just the fact that these draws perhaps sometimes are hot balls and all that kind of stuff. But Liverpool's last three Champions League quarterfinals now would have been against English clubs because mm. they played Chelsea in 2009. They played Arsenal in 2008. And the aggregate score against Arsenal was 5-3. And against Chelsea, it was close because of that 4 all in the second leg. It was 7-5. So we kind of, nobody would be surprised if it ended up being something you know, well, these, ridiculous these... like this because the teams, there's no point almost of the teams going, oh, we don't really know what these are like. We'll have to just gauge them. You know, you have that kind of like that period in these games where you're trying to work each other out. These two don't have to. They just go, we know exactly what you, what you can do and what you can't do. Just go for it. Well, the thing is, the way the ties come out with Liverpool at home first, we know that there's absolutely no question what Klopp needs to happen. I mean, we did a Facebook Live before the draw and um, when, unknowingly, I, I, I said I feared we might get City and... Why annoyingly you were correct? Oh uh, yeah, well, yes, but one of those ones you don't want to be. But um, the Christian was saying he he would prefer Liverpool to be at home first um, for reasons he'll, he'll tell you in a second. But for me, I would always rather have uh, have Anfield waiting for me in the second leg. But no, Klopp's got to you know. But I think we've got to be clever as well. Do you know what I mean? Like we need to use Anfield, but. Like, going gung-ho against City is not what we need to be this doing. This comes down to the away goals thing, which is that mm. probably, in my mind, why United went out, because they didn't score the away goal in Sevilla. Sevilla kept it tight, so did United. And then and when I, it came I, to the second leg, the minute Sevilla scored, you could tell that's why United were a bit, well, they were awful in the game. Yeah. They were nervous because they knew 
hang on, if we can see there, we've got to score twice. And it always hangs over you like a yeah. little sword of Damocles, doesn't it? And the um, and so the prospects actually could Klopp look at it and go, well, we know we can go to the Etihad and score for sure. Okay, we didn't score there earlier, but we've shown we can do that. We've shown we can score against this team. Does he actually work a bit harder on going? Let's try and keep a you know keep a clean sheet at Anfield, and you know. Tell you what, anyone now, if you're offered one 0 Liverpool at Anfield, you'd absolutely take it, wouldn't you? Because you'd you'd think Liverpool could score at the Etihad, and that puts them into having to score three, which but, but we know the, they can do. But the other way of looking at it is, you know, that City are probably going to score at Anfield, and Liverpool are probably going to score at the Etihad, so just play the normal game. You just like bomb on both games and I, see I, what happens. I, I think the first twenty minutes of uh, Liverpool, Liverpool's approach against Manchester City, will make the first twenty minutes of the Juventus game in two thousand five look like they were all playing in treacle. I think it will it will be the most helter skelter, breakneck thing that Liverpool. I mean, Klopp could surprise everybody. He might sort of do a bit of rope a dope, you know, in terms of you yeah. think we're going to come out at you, so you know you're going to try and play on the counter. But I tell you what, we'll have the ball here and we'll dominate the ball, and and you can't score if you don't have the ball. Sort of sort of vibe. But but I think if he's going to use the crowd and and, it, and he needs yeah. to, and if he's going to use Anfield and he needs to, then. He's got to probably play it the way you're suggesting, Christian, because otherwise, it, it you know it's very difficult for the players to play that other type of game with a sort of huge crowd baying you on. I wonder what went through Raheem Sterling's uh, mind whenever the <laughs> draw came out. By the way, is he thinking this is the time when I finally go back there and do something that will that will will hurt Andy. will hurt them? Or I'm sorry to put that into your mind. <laughs> or is he he going? I've got to go there and be shouted at again European, on a big European stage yeah, and I'm not quite sure. Then he's got a second leg to do something. He has. He has and you know he's a much you know whatever you say about Manchester City he's a much improved player there than he was at Liverpool. And a lot of people sorry to interrupt you Christian go on. I'll, oh no go, I, go, go. I was going to because you said about the home game first and yeah, I, yeah. I, oh, yeah, you I, did I said this way. I said this beforehand and, and it's something I really do stick by now. I can understand why everybody wants Anfield second, but at the same time, I can see Liverpool knowing what we know against what well, how Liverpool have played against Manchester City at home before. They won three 0 They won four three, but it was more like a four one game. Liverpool could conceivably go into the Etihad there with a two goal lead. I genuinely believe that it'll be tough, but they could conceivably, certainly with a one goal lead, they could go into that game with a lead. I think if you're going to the Etihad first, you're playing catch up from minute one. I think City could easily have a 2 0 or a 3 0 at the Etihad because that's what they do to teams, good teams as well, not just, you know, it's not a slight against Liverpool. Man City have got it in their arsenal to beat any team 2 or 3 0. And at that point, it really does become a case of if Manchester City score, the game is dead. Because no matter if they go to 1 0, it's over. You think about maybe like the Zenit game under Rodgers where it was 2 0 there. At the goes of 1 0 to Zenit at Anfield, they need to score 4. Not happening against City, albeit that they did it in January, different circumstances. At home, I just think Liverpool can, can steal a march on City. I really do. I think they can get to the Etihad and have 90 minutes of knowing exactly what they need to do to go through. And that's an important thing. I mean, a lot of people will be looking at it not just as Liverpool against Manchester City, but also as Jurgen Klopp against Pep Guardiola. Yeah, and I feel like that's been the build-up to, to some of the the games between them, hasn't it? Is but, it right, by the way, is it right that it should be made up as managers against managers because the managers aren't on the pitch. I they don't, don't, they don't they, okay, they pick the teams, they set the tactics, but ultimately the players could ultimately turn around and say, don't fancy doing that and then do what Sometimes they want. it just, 
that is the narrative that is just clear for the game. But I actually don't think it'll be the narrative for this game because I just think it's a European Cup quarter final and that makes it that makes it bigger than the two managers. The two managers, you know, have a significant role to play, we know that. Um but for me, I, I think it's 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 Liverpool v I'm in my mind I'm just seeing that it's Liverpool City European Cup quarter finals, two legs. And I do think Anfield is a bigger advantage to Liverpool than the Etihad will be to them. Will they sell it out? <laughs> I think the answer to that is. Do you mean will they sell Anfield or will they sell the Etihad? I was talking about the Etihad because no, I, I mean they haven't sold a European game I'll like this season. There'll be a few scousers with a Manchester postcode <laughs> yeah. for that game. No. I would imagine in, in I mean, all I mean, the yes, I think they might sell it. For they will, sport. of course, they'll sell it out. But I mean, we have seen their European ties. You know, be a fair few empty seats, haven't we? Well, well, maybe we'll get to hear them boo the anthem. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing is about that is there's always been that suggestion that Manchester City, for obvious reasons, do not have the history in Europe that Liverpool have got, or Man United, so let's be honest about this, or Arsenal, or even Tottenham. So basically most of the teams that, are, that were left in Wolves. the Champions League. Yeah, Wolves, yeah, very good point. Leeds, Leeds. Anyway, we could be here all day doing this. But the point is, last season they played Monaco. They had that great game in the in the last in the round of 16. Was it 5-3? 5-3 it was 5-3 in that game and everybody went this is the game that perhaps Manchester City fans fell in love with the, the Champions League and they got knocked out in the next round and as you said this season there just seems to be not apathy but it's like they haven't really been tested isn't it in the competition no I mean and he, obviously they were in a situation where he was able to play uh, a really weak inside over in was it Russia somewhere or Ukraine Shakhtar, Shakhtar, Shakhtar yeah and where they, where they lost and, and they did the same thing against last week, uh, although they absolutely battered them and not quite yeah. sure how they got beat. But he's been given like games to the likes of Young Foden who's been playing. Um Brahim Diaz I think uh, played as well sometimes. So he's been using those games to, you know, blood uh, some youngsters as well. And that, that shows you the dominance they had in their group and, and everything else and obviously the dominance they had going into that second leg against uh, Basel. So um look it's it's gonna be a hell of a tie. It's a it's a tie. I think the vast majority of people listening to the pod and vast majority of supporters out there didn't want. Well, we we did the poll, didn't we? we did two separate polls. We did one last week when Liverpool were confirmed through, and I think of which team do you want to face? And Man City came last with two percent. Then we did another one this week when the quarterfinals were confirmed, and Manchester City came last again. Yeah. So it was the one team that Liverpool fans over the period definitely don't want. I definitely think out of every club in, in, in Europe, even let alone England, I, I feel like Manchester City have got a hex over Liverpool and that's that's the general consensus with, with the supporters. 2014, they were the ones who beat Liverpool, of course, despite the win at Anfield to the Premier League title. 2016, they knocked Liverpool out. Well, they cost them the, the Capital One Cup final on penalties. It just feels as if, and then of course they inflicted the heaviest ever defeat in the Premier League away from home. Or definitely, you know, for, for a long, long, long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we had the Stoke, wasn't there? Stoke 6-1. Stoke 6-1, yeah. of course, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's certainly one of the more chastening defeats of, of, yeah. of certainly my lifetime. Um, now, you know, on the flip side of that, of course, I don't think Manchester City have won at Anfield since 2002. Mm. So there's something that they've got to have in the back of their minds. You know, that's a big record for them. Do, do you really think that the... The, the hex that you've talked about then makes any difference. I don't, I, I don't think it does. I don't think it does on the field. I don't think it does on the field. But what, what I'm trying to come at is, you think about Chelsea in the, in that 2005 season, and it there really was that sense of they've done us in the league twice. They've done us in the uh, in the in the cup final. We owe these. We are, we owe these something here. We 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 are. We, we've been down three times, but we're going to bloody their noses now. 
And I think that's exactly the same mentality that Liverpool fans are going to take into that first leg. If they can think back that long, they cost Liverpool the Premier League title by beating them to it. They cost Liverpool Klopp's first chance of a, of, a, of a trophy by beating them on penalties. And I think that crowd will know that they owe Manchester City. Yeah. I also just think the Liverpool crowd understands. I know it's a weird thing to say, but there's just it's about understanding what's expected of you at this stage of a European tournament. And I think... I'm sure there'll be a good atmosphere at the Etihad, of course there will be, but I just think it'll be a different atmosphere at Anfield. And the the, the question is, does is the gap between the teams sufficiently narrowed now? We know Man City are a better team than Liverpool. Mm. We don't. The, the league table tells us that. But has Liverpool's improvement in the second half of the season narrowed the gap between the two of them sufficiently that the crowd advantage that Liverpool will have can see them into the semi-finals. And that gap between Manchester City and, and, and Liverpool points-wise, by the way, is nowhere near as big as it was Liverpool versus Chelsea in 2005. Yeah, it was that, 20, was, that was fair. That was into the 30s because Mourinho famously wrote it on the, on the whiteboard. But City, you'd have to say, are a better team equipped to beat Liverpool than Chelsea. That Ooh. Chelsea side, that, the, 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 the gap between the two sides then was immense, wasn't it? I mean, But in terms of the actual game, where they played each other because you knew what we know how to manage the game. You knew what Benitez knew how to get one over Maria. Also, how to make life difficult because mm. there was very rarely a game where Chelsea ran away with it. I mean, there was that four-one the following season, but that was kind of I would a, say a freakish game. If Liverpool put Man City out in these quarterfinals, that would be nowhere near as big an upset as it was for Liverpool to beat Chelsea in the semi-final in two thousand and five. Definitely not. Really? Yeah, totally. I mean, that was that. Just Even though think... the City team got beat by Monaco last season. This is a city team that's you know right up there as one of the richest in the world. It, that got generally recognised as the best manager in the world. Spent an absolute fortune, and they spent an absolute fortune to go and win the European Cup, and not just once. Do you know what I mean? So this is all. This is this would be a massive. If Liverpool put Man City out, and the more than capable of doing it, this would be a massive, massive blow to to that Man City project. Just at ass. And you, there's a parallel here, slightly different because of who they are, but Real Madrid's defeat of PSG was a bit of European royalty disposing mm. of a new money upstart, if you like, because Real Madrid, for all they're not having a great season, know how to win in Europe. And obviously they've also Real, got an awful lot of money. So it's not they've all, they've it's not also still got, beaten by a team that's just... That's why I'm saying is, there's a bit different. But there is there is a parallel to be drawn there. And the question is, can Liverpool you know, deliver that blow to this City project? And, you know, on all sorts of levels, that project is really starting to roll now. You know, they, they'll, they'll have... You know, Guardiola will have a league title soon enough. Um, so they might actually pick up the league title... In the weekend in, in between, between, yeah, in between yeah, yeah. which obviously would be a massive boost to them. Go out, enjoy it, lads. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Four points. The tra- the traditional, <laughs> I think the traditional 24-hour bend is called for that. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the bit is they're all so professional now, aren't they, that it would be, uh, be all like, you know, let's, let's, we've just got this one game against Liverpool to get through and then we can absolutely celebrate for a bit, you know. Now, Christian, the fact of the matter is, though, that the other six teams, when the draw, we were watching the draw, and obviously Liverpool was the last game out, the, the other six teams were thinking, oh, brilliant, when they were paired against each other, because they'll see Liverpool and Man City as two teams who are capable of winning it, or, another point, capable of threatening their own chances of winning it. 
definitely, definitely. It, 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 it's that I think we were saying before the draw how you know it, it, Liverpool really wanted Sevilla or Roma, but in the ideal situation, uh, Sevilla or Roma would, would would be one of the quarter-final sides because then one of them is guaranteed to be in the, in the semi-finals. I, I firmly believe the the opposite is true here in the fact that if you're Bayern or Barca or Real, they, they would have looked at that draw come out and gone, well that's good. But what if those teams aren't going to be in the semi-finals? Because you've got Manchester City, who are the, the, at the moment the proven Premier League runaway leaders, who are obviously really, really impressive. But then at the same time, you've got Liverpool, who, despite the European royalty that Liverpool are, are sort of the upstart of this competition. I liken them to Monaco, which obviously has nice little uh, sort of parallel with what Monaco did with Manchester City last season. I feel like they're a very similar sort of side in the turn and that the fans are on a real good attacking lineup. People wouldn't have necessarily been aware of, you know, like they weren't aware of Mbappé, Lamar, uh, Bakayoko, um, Bernardo Silva. I don't think people would have been, unless you watch Liverpool week in, week out, would have been aware of Firmino, Mane, Salah, maybe less so because he was at Roma, of course. So, you know, I feel like uh, for, for the rest of Europe, this is a good draw because it gets one of them out of the out of the semi-final picture, and it also is a good draw, unfortunately, for Manchester United, who will have the last laugh, but they haven't really had the last laugh because they got knocked out by Sevilla. Mm. Yeah, did he make get beat by Sevilla? They got knocked out. By they got Sevilla. knocked out by Sevilla. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we'll stop talking about Liverpool in the Champions League, and we'll start talking about Liverpool qualifying for the Champions League now. Uh, there is a game on Saturday evening. Me and Andy, me and you were going to Anfield to watch Liverpool take on Watford. Yeah. After what happened last week at Old Trafford, this is a must-win, isn't it? It, it is, because I think they need to show that there's been no um, mental scars from that defeat at Old Trafford, that this team still believes in itself and knows that it's a good team. We know that it didn't bring it onto the pitch uh, for most of the game um, against United. For all that Liverpool had a lot of the ball, I thought United did a proper job on Liverpool, to be honest, I'm sure. Um the lads spoke about it in the pod earlier in the week, but um, the um, yeah, I think Liverpool need to go and regain their confidence and hit their stride again. And it, it might necessarily be that easy against the Watford side, who you know they start phoning it in a little bit. They, well, they? certainly away away from, away away from, from home, home yeah. their, their their games are poor, but you know it's only in the last month or so they beat what they beat Chelsea four one was it yeah, uh, yeah. on a Monday night, um, but they did lose. Relatively tamely at Arsenal three 0 didn't they? And uh, the, they haven't been brilliant away from home. We know they've got the ability to have a game, Watford, haven't they? They can, mm-hmm. you know, they've got good players. That Charlson's, you know, someone who will probably go to a bigger club sooner rather than later, isn't it? Um, I don't. Deeney's been getting a game again for them, hasn't he? Um, he no doubt will. Will he have um, the cojones to take another penalty? After <laughs> what happened at the Etihad? He, he, at uh, the Emirates, sorry. He doesn't have uh, Martin Skirtle to try and scare <laughs> with his bullying tactics. Uh, uh, I'm hopefully he'll try the same with Virgil van Dijk yeah, exactly. to see how far it gets him. Um, but look, Liverpool should have enough to win the game, but I do think it's more a test of mental fortitude uh, in terms of getting back Back on back on course with the top four. Now Liverpool are playing, but a lot of the rivals for the top four are not playing because they're in the FA Cup. And with Liverpool playing Crystal Palace in the next game after that, the early game, by the time all the, everybody else is playing, Liverpool could be ten points ahead of Chelsea. So that has to be something that they're looking at. Get this one out of the way because we always say it's better to have the points in the bag. And if you look at that table, see Liverpool seven points clear of Chelsea, even if they've got a game in hand. Chelsea start thinking seven points, seven points. 
it'll be ten, won't it? Well, I'm saying if they beat Watford, oh, sorry, first, if they, yeah. if they beat, well, if they beat Watford, it'll be seven, yeah. and then obviously if they beat Palace, it'll be ten. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's it'll be a big psychological boost for Liverpool and a blow for Chelsea. Um, you know, to go back to the draw, the fact that there's the two City games now either side of the, of the derby. You know, Liverpool can do with getting as much a bigger as big of a bank of points yeah. between the you know a big of a buffer between them and Chelsea as possible. Um, because buffet them for some reason. Well, <laughs> well, you know, you know. Um, so it's it, it's a big it's a big game for Liverpool. It's one that they really you know they, they should win. Watford have got sort of. Players who deal in moments are feeling, and, and, and any of them of their attacking players, Richarlison hasn't been great lately, but he's got a moment in him. Uh, Dini's got a moment in him. Pereira's got a moment in him. Carrillo's got a moment. But if Liverpool just you know keep the concentration, keep the ball, and do what they did last season to them, I, I think they'll be absolutely fine because it took them half an hour to break them down last season, and eventually they scored six. Don't think they'll necessarily be a repeat of that. But I do feel like you know Liverpool are eons above Manchester. Uh, Manchester. <laughs> Freudian slip above Watford, and should dispose of them. Uh, one final thing on the Watford game: Decore, who um, I know that Jan Moore was a big fan of. He's somebody that he claims, I think he said recently, that Liverpool are, are looking at him. But there's going to be a lot of interest in him, isn't there? I mean, he's one of the Watford players who, on the conveyor belt of just these players appear, then disappear, and then appear. It's like the managers, they just seem to have these players just come out of nowhere, and then they just disappear. But very strange kind of ownership there, yeah, he's, isn't he's it? He's kind of sticking around, isn't he, and making a bit of an impact for himself? Yeah, he's, you know, he's having a good season, I'd say. Lots of people are looking at Richarlison, I'm sure, as well. They, they have these little players that stand out for a bit. Remember, it wasn't that long ago that when Deeney was being... Mm-hmm. Was it Everton. linked with Everton, wasn't Everton, he? Yeah. And, I think it was linked to Everton by our very own Everton reporter, who was well, quite keen to see him join. So I think, yeah, I think well, if, if, uh, if our Everton reporter said that there was a strong link there, there was obviously was. So, um, yeah, I mean, they have these players, and um, and then they have they have ones who pop up with these really weird names, don't they, that come off the bench and you go... Where have they got him from? Do you know what I mean? And uh, it's normally on loan from Udinese. Yeah, exactly that. Hence the ownership. But uh, yeah, they, they they have good players. Um, but though I would say the one that I fear would be like a moment of magic from Richardson, assuming that uh, I haven't heard anything that he's injured or not playing or anything. No, but I don't think he's actually had a goal and assist in the last twelve weeks. So, so he's due well. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> he, he started the season well. Yeah, perhaps a little drop off, but he's still got the talent, hasn't he? Uh, final thing then, as some of you may have heard earlier this week or read, we have lost one of our uh, Blood Red regulars in Neil Jones. He's departed Echo Towers. And of course, to lose one person is, is curless. To lose two people is, uh, well, Andy, do you have an announcement to make? Uh, yeah, just um, this is going to be my last Blood Red podcast uh, for the foreseeable. Very much hoping to be back as a guest in the future. But uh, um, this is my last day at the Echo after... Uh, almost uh, just a few months shy of 20 years. Um, just going to move on and seek pastures new. And um, you know, there's a little bit of a rejig here. And uh, I thought now is the time to uh, maybe take my leave and move on. So I just want to say thanks to all the Blood Red regular listeners. Um, we started this pod from absolutely nothing um, probably a couple of years ago now, maybe two and a half. And uh, you know, we've gone from zero listeners to been the most read podcast across the whole Trinity Mirror, or most listened to podcast, I should say, um, across the whole Trinity Mirror um, networks. That includes all the ones on uh, on the Mirror, uh, all the ones across Trinity Paper, across the, the country. And I know there are loads of uh, listeners out there all across the world, and they get in touch with us, 
and everything else. So I just want to say um, thanks to all you lot out there for listening. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure covering uh, Liverpool for the last three and a bit years. And uh, I'm going to be one of you now listening into the pod twice a week to see what nonsense Ian Doyle is talking. <laughs> so um, uh, listen, thanks for everything and uh, keep enjoying the pods. Well, again, I was going to say something nice to you, Andy, after that. <laughs> Christian, would you like to say anything to Andy other than a tip for Cheltenham later on? Uh, I, yeah, uh, love you, mate. And, yeah, you will be back. You will be back as a guest. You'll get the uh, the guest treatment. You will, which uh, I'm not sure what that actually involves. I still can't believe you get Dejan Lovren in a six. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Daniel Sturridge never did join Arsenal. He never did. No, he didn't. And Liverpool but, were not 15 points clear at Christmas. And, or whatever it was and Trent's not in the England team, but I, but I will get him there soon. We managed Go to on, get one last, yeah, one last prediction. Go on. When will oh, Trent get into the England squad? Will he get in for the World Cup? I don't think so, because I think... Southgate has sort of feels like he owes Joe Gomez one, and Joe Gomez is a little probably more experienced than Trent, so I think it'll be Joe Gomez from from Liverpool. But he will be in shortly after that tournament disaster. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, uh, join us next week where we look back at the Watford game, and I'm basically speaking to myself. Cheerio. Ook bewust bezig zijn met je mobiel? Dat kan al voor 11 euro per maand met mijn sim only. Nu met 100 minuten of sms'jes en 2500 MB 4G internet. Kijk op ben.nl